Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. We are during, we're at the end of our marathon this evening. It is late, late, late at night. I'm kind of curious to see how many people that will have watching this particular segment, but is the end of the trilogy. And by the way, this particular episode and every single episode of the Jacks Rangers show is brought to you by our very good friends at Inkify. If you need t shirts, patches, or anything embroidery related, Inkify is the place to go. You will find them on Route 1 in Walpole on the way to Gillette Stadium to see your New England Patriots. These guys are big, big Free Jacks fans. The owner, Carlos, is a season ticket holder. They do fantastic work over there. I was over there at their operations over the weekend, and I was just blown away with everything that they do over there. It's fantastic work. You will not regret your choice in getting Inkify to do any type of stuff that you need, like t-shirts, embroidery, patches, all of that sort of stuff. So go check them out at Inkify.com. Tell them TJRS sent you and you'll get 15% off your entire order. I am joined with three Outriders this evening. We're dropping like flies, but I will say uh, we've got Diamond Dave, the Prince of Weird here uh, with us. D- Dave, how the hell are you? Uh, weird and wild, Phil. Love that. Absolutely. Oh, would have it no other way. And of course, we've got the Coaster Police is here as well. Bozo6. How are you, sir? I'm well. I like to think about it as like Dave is like all the food groups that you need to eat for on a plate. And I'm just like all the ridiculous, like spicy, stupid shit that you probably shouldn't eat. <laughs> but Dave's like not the he's not like chicken and potatoes type of stuff. He's like exotic, you know what I mean? Okay, like swordfish right. or some other weird swordfish. Weird, you know, I don't know, but something just that's not normal. So he's definitely zag, but he's like healthy food. You should consume this food. stuff. Super yeah, <laughs> yeah, like acai berries acai, and stuff. And, yeah, yeah exactly. and I'm like, you know, Dragon I'm like the Twinkie fruit. that. I'm a, I'm like that Twinkie uh, that Wheels had on his show, the the chocolate one because he couldn't get the real one. Like I'm like that, not good for you, not good for your soul. I'm not good for anything. Well, that's one of those things gallons. that makes TJRS extremely unique. Is we've got all of these different perspectives and different panelists that come on the show. These outriders here. Appreciate you guys joining us this evening. Tonight is a very epic conclusion to our Way Too Early Prediction trilogy. It's been a blast during these segments for all the Rangers out there, I'm sure, that are going to be watching this either right now or later on down the road or listening to it. Of course, we appreciate all of our audio listeners. The preseason is here with the scheduled drop. And of course, it's never the preseason until these Way Too Early Predictions come out. So we're officially there, baby. In this segment, we're going to boldly predict the starting 15 of our defending champions, New England Free Jack, and state the minimum expectations for the 2024 MLR season for the boys in red, white, and blue. We're going to uh, separate forwards and backs, of course, as God intended. Uh, the starting 15 forwards, for me, I'm going to start this bad boy out here with our tight head prop. Um, one of the best pickups that is going under the radar right now is J.R. Jenkinson. Um, definitely a consistent scrummer. I'm sure Dave is going to tell you all about that here shortly. Him joining the Free Jacks is, you know, as I said, flying under the radar, but he's one of the best in the entire MLR. And to get this guy to come over, you know, from the now defunct uh, Atlanta team, he was going to go to L.A. We picked him up, swooped him up. I'm sure Scott Matthews 
they had a lot to do with that and also TK working his magic. It's going to be one of those things that we look back on and say this is one of the keys to success in this season for the tight head prop position. Hooker, of course, wow, it's our boy Q. Q picks himself in this team at this point. Probably the best trade acquisition in in the history of this team, and that's saying quite a bit because TK has definitely worked his magic for the past couple years, but Q is one of those solid foundation players. And if you don't believe me, just look at his involvement within the organization. You know, he's been here for weeks now, it seems like, with the Free Jacks, working with their development squad that they bring in uh, every single preseason. Um, he's just a, a pillar of this organization. Uh, loose head prop, this is a guy that can play both tight head and loose head. Cole Keith, the Canadian international, can play both prop positions, as I was saying. he's His international stints in the offseason and his experience down at Manawatu, pushes him ahead of any of his competitors in my mind as the day one starter. Um, lock number four, Larry, a.k.a. Josh Larson, is free jack number one and picks himself into if he's fully recovered as we expect him to be from that nasty shoulder injury from last season. El Capitan is lock number four. Lock five, this is a tough one for sure. The entire lock room is Canadian this year, which is really, really impressive and kind of wild to think about. But uh, Connor Keyes, my son, um, it's it's hard to look past him. But I will say that uh, Kyle Bailey being someone that we picked up um, as a free agent is one of those really sneaky good picks as well from TK, a guy that last year came in, I believe it was mid-season for uh, DC and immediately became their target number one that kind of controlled the mall. Um, just an excellent pickup for sure. So I expect Kyle Bailey to be lock number five for the Free Jacks. Blindside flanker, Chilean captain Martin Segrin, Martin, excuse me, slots right in at blindside where he plays for the Condors. Um, just the World Cup captain is coming in and playing number six. It's a big deal for the New England Free Jacks, and I expect him to start. Open side flanker, Mitch Jacobson had a great season last year and is back for more. I believe I saw that his arrival will be slightly delayed uh, in the press release for the Free Jacks, but I think he will be a consistent starter in the number seven jersey throughout the season. Great leadership as well from Mitch Jacobson. Uh, eight man, Wien Conradi picks himself. The 2023 Fans Player of the Year is expected to have another monster season in the red, white, and blue. Best loose forward in the league. I think this position group, if you loop all of the uh, loose forwards together, we're talking about the absolute best and MLR. A um, couple guys that we haven't even mentioned that aren't starters, Cam Davidowitz, Ethan Fryer. I expect them to have major, major minutes this season as well uh, playing those positions. So um, I think I'm going to stop there and let all the other boys pick up, uh, starting with Dave for the forwards. All right. <clears throat> I kind of expected that we would have five people doing this all at once. Yes. yes. With perhaps somewhat similar picks. Mm-hmm. So I picked a big old zag. And I'm wow. Gonna tell you, I'm not going to tell you exactly the theme, but I think everybody's going to catch on as we go. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll start on uh, the loose head side. Number one, Malachi Halanatai. Is it going to be a, a, a big acquisition? One of the people that the Free Jacks are talking up. Um, Hooker, Mason Cook. Wow. Tight head. J.R. Jenkinson. Okay. Locks, I have Jackson Thebus and Kyle Bailey. Blindside, Martin Segrain. 
open side Seda Baker, and eight man Yako Bazudenhout. Hmm. So the theme that emerges is these are all new players this year, right? Oh, interesting. So we retained a record number of players on our roster, and we are all, myself very much included, excited about that. Mm-hmm. They won the championship. Phenomenal team. And I think the actual team that takes the field in that first match is going to be probably as close to the team that won the championship as can be managed, not because of like sentimentality, but because those players are damn good, man. Yeah. Right? It's going to be real hard to displace any of those guys through a rather brief preseason process mm-hmm. for that Houston match. Um, but somewhere in this list, or maybe in the backs that we'll get to, one of these guys is going to maybe be in that first roster. One of these guys, or more than one, is going to have a big effect. Look at Jason Patros. Look at Reese mm-hmm. McDonald. Right? Really yep. important players. Guys who now we're talking about, yeah, they're probably going to be in their positions in that first match. You know, we didn't know them from Adam, really, mm-hmm. this time last year. So we're really going to see somebody put their hand up and make a make a move and that's the that's the roster i put together as the you know the the potentials right i got i got to tell you i mean obviously it's a zag for the purpose of zagging but this is a strong you know starting forwards right here for sure yeah, it's, it's not bad huh not bad not bad <laughs> so so that's the other that's the other thing is that it's not like we're scraping the barrel here mhm Right. No, not this at is, all. This is this is very strong, and the the back line will be strong too. Absolutely. What you got, Bozo? Sorry, I always keep my uh, my word document up, and I forget that to unmute myself, I need to move it uh, move it back <laughs> over. No, no hey, so I just wanted to quickly comment. I think that that's some great picks, uh, Dave, and some obviously, like you're right. Somebody's going to put their hand up. Somebody is going to get replaced in this in what we think to be the starters right it's easy to kind of pick with last year guys because most of them are back and they're and they are just so good um and they're good throughout the league wide right we were the best team in the league last year so i think it's going to be tough i think it's going to be a very competitive uh side uh to get into and realistically this is why we love way too early predictions because especially with rugby i feel like rugby is all about finding those combinations right like mm-hmm combination of LaRue Milan and Wayne Vanderbank in 2022 was incredible. Yep. Uh, we didn't know it was going to be so good, but it, it ended up being that good. And so it's just about finding that. And, you know, Coach Matthew, I trust that him and Will Webster and Palm Simona will, will get that all sorted. And then I'm also fucking really excited to just see some of the injections. You know what I mean? Like yep. we're in a starting 15 here, but don't forget this is a 23. And so sometimes I think I think some positions might not have a consistent starter. It'll be different. And then you'll see the other guy on the bench managing minutes, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. It's a nightmare. Keeps me up at night. I don't have enough the brain capacity to think about it. Uh, but so let's get stuck in. Yeah. So my, my, my starting, uh, my starting pack, I, I'm going to go with Kyle Sakara. I think okay. that, He's really locked up the the loose head spot for the free jacks. He counts domestically. That's also when I built my starting fifteen. I was I was thinking about the 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 uh, ten international slots and using them judiciously, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that Kyle, but I think that our front row could be a, a lot of interchangeability uh, throughout the season. I don't know that you'll see 
the same starters every week and it might not matter. Right. Cause they end up playing about the same amount of minutes anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, really. So, but I think that Kyle Sakara will get the nod in the one shirt most, most weeks. Uh, number two, the leading try score. I think it's gotta be Andrew Quatron. <laughs> I can't remember the other guy's names. I could, I could quickly look it up, but I'm not going to waste time because we're on a live stream. Uh, but I think we've got some other solid names. I'm pretty sure they came across, but I just think that, that Q stays in the, stays in the two shirt. He's too good. Canadian international has great throws. He's great at the back of the line out, good tackling, and he's good in open play. So I don't really, he's everything you want in a hooker. So I don't really, and I think I've said this on the show before. I think that being good up the spine, right? Two, eight, nine, 10, 15, you got to be strong. So I'll see him in the two shirt. Um, I would love to put J.R. Jenkinson in at three, uh, but I think he's going to be a primarily a bench player. I, he was outstanding for Atlanta. He's a, a great scrummager, but I got to be honest with you. He's like more like that old school tight head to me. He's just really, really big. He's got mobility and all that other stuff. But like, I just think that he's the type of guy like David, Dave mentioned bomb squad. You want him at the end of the game coming on fresh and crushing them not at the beginning of the game i think we want the the way the free jacks played last year was a little was was fast so i we i think we want like pace and soft skills from our front row not that he doesn't have those i think he does but it's just like i think we want something different at the beginning of the game i think we see him more as a finisher uh so i don't think he'll start so i i got cole keith uh he was been impressive i uh, went down and played at Manawatu. so cole keith the big man uh from uh what is it I don't know. It's the province that Moncton's in. He's a Maritimer. He's the only Maritimer Canadian we got on the squad. Is it New Brunswick? Yeah, New Brunswick. Yeah, he's the New Brunswicker. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Moncton. It's the arsehole of the Maritimes. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> he probably won't agree with me, but whatever. Uh, and then I'm excited. I'm excited about this one, man. Number four, I think Josh Larson, Salty Coffee Snaps, the guy. He's back oh, yeah. in. I think he, uh, I think you, I don't know if it's been announced who the team captain is, but I would assume uh, you would have to assume that he would continue that. Yeah. But you know, with Mitch Jacobson was last year's captain and Martin Segrin Chile's captain. Like we've got Ben Lesage is Canadian Canada's captain. So we have like a lot of team captains on this team. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think that he though being free Jack number one, and he stayed so plugged into the team uh, mm-hmm. after his injury, I'm excited for him to come back. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to rip right in and, and do some good stuff in the four shirt. And then uh, number five, I really did. I just couldn't pick, man. Connor Keys was so good last year. I think you see the five shirt alternate between Kyle Bailey and Connor Keys. Yeah. And, ev- and everyone else is fighting to replace, uh, you know, to be the sub mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, I just think you see those two possibly uh, match up things, you know, match up problems for other teams uh you know maybe we need a better line out I, I would say kyle bailey's a little bit better in the line out but i mean connor keys is that enforcer man <laughs> and that can't be undersold and and he's such a workhorse himself dude how many games did he play 80 minutes a lot so many yeah he's a warrior dude and and i don't know i didn't sorry to kyle bailey if he ever watches it i didn't watch enough of him specifically to to kind of know i'm sure he's a warrior too uh so, but I think that it alternates between those two. Uh, in the number six shirt, I went with, I think both of you guys picked Martin Segrin. Uh, I think it's going to be too hard to deny him in the back row, a starting spot. Um, I think he's worth every bit of an international slot to be used week in, week out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the seven, it's got to be Mitch Jacobson, last year's captain. He's too good as well. Um, but, you know, hopefully, and I'm hoping that they stay healthy. You know, we talked about that last year at Media Day with uh, Coach Matthew about staying healthy in the back row. It's so tough in the back row in the centers. Uh, but luckily, we're spoiled for riches. Uh, what was it, uh, Dave? You mentioned it. It was so we got. Yako, I think it's Bazudenhood or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. I butchered his name. I'm going to have to look that one up on Google. And then Sidalecki Baker. I mean, both of those guys, yeah. um, Tasman Mako guy, and then, I don't know, just another South African. He's got to be good at rugby. It's automatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? It's automatic. So it's got to be, it's got to be one of those guys will definitely uh, crack the starting lineup, I'm sure. And then at number eight, how can it be anyone other than the bus beyond Conradi? Yes, sir. Uh, and and that's who, and that's what I got for the the starting forwards. I almost just lost my damn mind and went right into number nine. I just started going down my list. So I'll cut not so fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold it up. Hold it up. Ooh. Incredible, man. Like if you look up and down what our starting fifteen is, and even with Dave Zags in terms of bringing in all new players for the Free Jacks for his forwards, you have to say it's you know. It, it's one of the best rosters, if not the best in the entire MLR up and down. Um, So, I mean, that's extremely encouraging. You expect that from a South African coach to have strong, strong forwards. But what's crazy is the backs are not bad, not bad at rugby either. And we're about to get into them right now in terms of our starting, pretty good starting 15s. And uh, maybe one of the easiest positions to select when healthy is scrum half, um, an original free Jack, by the way, from 2020 free Jack, John Poland, Congratulations, Johnny, on getting engaged. Um, he's week in and week out the best scrum half in the league, and he picks himself in this team. Fly half, the league MVP and points leader from last season, is back after a championship season down in New Zealand with Taranaki. Potty gets the start for me at fly half. Left wing, the king himself, MLR leading try scorer Paula Bellincano will once again be a terror on the wing. Uh, can he break his try scoring uh, tally from last season? That would be incredible, and I would love to see it. Inside center, this is going to get difficult because if you look up and down the center position, it used to be a, uh, a weakness, or not necessarily a weakness, or a, an unknown, if you will, from a couple seasons ago. They've really built up that center room to be one of the best in MLR but for me uh, it has to be LaRue Milan if 100% recovered I'm taking him here the guy makes things happen with ball in hand inside center wolf this is rough we've got you know captain Ben Lesage the Canadian captain as uh, Bozo has been talking about really impressed in 2023 but my guy Wayne Vanderbank had a nagging injury last season that kept him out of the starting lineup I would love for boardroom Benny to play in that position but uh, give me Wayne who is impossible to attack and uh, t- tackle when he's completely healthy he's a one-two punch with LaRue Milan in the centers that I really really appreciate uh, right wing Iron Man Mitch Wilson can play anywhere in the backs a true utility man but I'm giving him the nod in the 14 jersey but I would love to see him under the high ball as well at 15 where he plays with the USA Eagles and finally, for me, at fullback, Reese McDonald, a solid backup for Potty at 10. But I really want to see him out on the pitch week in and week out because I think he's just such a dynamic player. Give me the red rocket at 15 to round out my backs, and I'll let Dave take it from here. All right. Well, let the Zags continue. Oh, boy, here um, we go. <laughs> so the backs edition, at scrum half, we have Cameron Nordley-Kelemetti. Wow. 
Fly half, Danian Morgan, Putarangi. <laughs> Inside center, you know him from earlier, maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple hours ago, Junior Gaffa. Outside center, Gabriel Casey. Fullback, Killian Coughlin. So that's 13, counting the forwards, new players. And to that, for the wings, we'll add Isaac Olsen and Zach Bastris, two guys wow. who are not new, but who we've seen in past seasons really show that they are right on the edge and ready. Um, so Incredible. that's my that's my zag. Call it a zag. Call it a cop-out. The decisions were challenging. And, uh, you know, I kept thinking, like, where are we going to get some of the new guys in? You know, like, some of these guys are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to be there. And then I, you know, uh, kind of stumbled upon my, uh, my dumb idea. And you know me. Uh, I love something dumb. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, fullback for you was who? Uh, Killian Coughlin. Okay, thank you. Um, so I, I wonder, you know, obviously the, the zag is very strong with uh, with David or Dave rather in this segment. Um, but I wonder where this team would finish if, if this this team started every single game in MLR. You would have to think that we would make the playoffs, right? Like for sure. Um, so that's very interesting there. Bozo, what you got? All right. I had the right window selected, so I came off mute immediately. Excellent. All righty. All right, so for the backs, uh, I I went pretty safe here. Um, yeah. But again, with the idea of building in with the international slots, that was kind of where I was. I was trying to actually like, hey, if I'm picking game day right now, who am I mm-hmm. picking? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the number nine shirt, it's it's got to be John Poland. Who else could it be? Yep. Um, it's automatic. Uh, Jason Potras in the number 10 shirt. I mean, he killed it for us last year. He killed it for Taranaki and MPC. Uh, even though he wasn't their regular starter there, uh, he was the backup down there, uh, mm-hmm. but he still was killing it down there. Uh, and I always get confused on the wings, so I had to switch my numbers around because I never know who's right wing, left wing, because I don't pay attention to backs. Sure. Uh, I just, I'm guilty, so I changed it as you guys are going, but I had the same two wings. Uh, in the 11th shirt, it's got to be Paula Malacana. The guy's the human wrecking ball. He's been crushing it for two seasons. Expect nothing less from him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it would be an unrealistic expectation to say that he's going to be the leading try scorer again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. He's definitely going to be up there. That's for sure. Uh, and then in the, with the center pairing, I just went off of what we currently know. Yep. Uh, you guys know, I, you know, I take full credit. I called it prior to the 2022 season, I told you LaRue Milan was going to be an absolute weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait till he gets back on the pitch. Uh, I hope he keeps tearing it up for us. I'm happy that he's still with us. I'm happy the free Jacks are taking care of him. Uh, can't wait till he gets there, but he is still currently unavailable. And so we're, for my center pairing, I went at inside. It's our, our guy, the bowling ball, Wayne Vanderbank, shout out to Wayne. I mm-hmm. think he has a, I think he has a, we, you know, we, we, we talked about it. He had a setback kind of season in yep. 23 where he just couldn't get out there as much as, as, as you know, we want. and we were spoiled for riches in the centers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he has a comeback 20, 24. And I think we just see him destroy some, some opposing back lines and break some hearts. Um, and then outside him, I, I think it's gotta be boardroom, Benny bookworm, mm-hmm. Benny, the CEO of the Dorchester <laughs> room. It's got to be him. Uh, he was excellent in defense. I think he only got one try last year, the St. Patrick's Day game against uh, D.C. 
but he was outstanding in defense and just all over the place uh, last year. So I think he is in the 13 shirt. And then Iron Man at 14, who else? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be out on the wing as opposed to, to fullback. Um, and, you know, love me some some Red Rocket, some Reese McDonald, but I think that at 15, it's Daniel Morgan Puturangi. Wow. Yeah, he's a dual threat. I think we see him back there. Um, specifically because I think that uh I think that Jason Potros is also gonna be delayed. Can, am I wrong in that? That that's news to me. Yeah. Oh no, that was uh Mitch Jacobson. Sorry. Correct. Yep. Sorry. Either way, I just um I think Jason is I as much as we love to joke about his age, I think that they might want to reduce his minutes. And I think that Reese Fair. having a year under Coach Matthew. Uh, already under his belt, I think that he might step into the 10 shirt, and then I think that they're going to keep that open for Pudarangi in the back at 15. Ooh, interesting. That, that, that's one of those things is kind of sneaky, right? Because Reese McDonald, very young kid, and you know, potty not exactly, you know, a, a, a spring chicken. So he was I wonder, my strategic zag, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I wonder if, if uh, Reese is being, you know, um, you know, one of those situations where he's waiting in the wings to take over the 10 jersey from potty down the road. I think that would be incredible. That, that would be quite the story for sure. I think more realistic, to, to be honest, I think more realistic. Uh, if it was week one lineup, it's definitely going to be Reese McDonald. I don't see mm-hmm. anybody else really running out there. But I think that you have put around you in the bench because he's that dual threat. Sure. Of stepping yeah. in at 10 and 15. That way, like if he's not comfortable pulling the strings at 10, you can move Reese up if mm-hmm. Jason has to come out and move him into the back or whatever. You know, or if he's hey, hey, if he's the second guy to Patras at, at being able to pull the strings and he just comes in at 10 and Reese doesn't move yeah. type of deal. Uh so I think that's probably more realistic. Who knows? I, I have no idea. It's way too early. It <laughs> is way too early. That is I love just I love making I love making stuff up that sounds logical. But there's you love BS. You know, yeah, you just yeah. love BS. It's yeah, complete that's... shite, man. I have no idea what I'm talking about. None of us do. None of us do. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing. But here's the th- what's really good news for the Free Jacks is we've got some really, really strong position groups this year. Once again, a lot of depth. Um, you know, just looking at the top of my head here, props solid. Um, yeah. Loose forwards, super solid. Um, uh, center positions super solid like there's not a lot of concern there um so yeah man uh, any final thoughts on the starting 15 that we've predicted here dave no? you got anything i think it's pretty solid i think we got a solid team i think that it's going to be a very another very interesting uh year in mlr especially with the dispersal of two whole teams worth of starters mm-hmm. and uh, actually i think that we haven't really talked about it um too too much but i'd just like to throw out there that with the folding of toronto let's go wes you kidding me you kidding <laughs> so me our buddy wes mentioned that uh, it's time for us to go to bed it's way too late but you know what yeah. it's way too early as a matter of fact that's the way it's too way early. too early one right now I, i'll just say this with it with the i think that with those two teams specifically those are two teams that were heavily laden with domestic talent yeah. Uh, and so that that spread out across the league and such good players like Rumball, Geiger, you know, Andrew Coe. There's like there's guys, you know, Dylan Fawcett. There's guys that went to other clubs, man. And it's just it changes the whole dynamic. It really uh, does. Because now they're going to now they just picked up awesome domestic talent. And so who knows? They can start more 
of their foreign players, and that changes things. So I'm excited for the season. Me too, man. Super excited, obviously. And, you know, the next thing that we're going to talk about is expectations. Uh, One of our most viral moments of this show has come with our expectations that we've given in previous years. And I didn't write a single thing down um, (laughs) in terms of, you know, preparing for what I was going to say for minimum expectations. I think we're we're doing ourselves a bit of a disservice considering it's almost midnight or uh, 1130 at this point um, with, with how important we talk about minimum expectations on this show because it is very important to set a minimum expectation as a fan base um because i mean who uh, why would you not want to say we our team wants to be successful year in and year out i i believe the front office expects that i believe the fans expect that i believe the coaches expect that all that sort of stuff it goes hand in hand with creating a winning culture and fans have a lot to say about that and, and and a big part to play in expectations so I'm going to let Bozo, uh, in reverse order, tell me his minimum expectation for the New England Free Jacks in 2024. I think probably one of the hardest things to do in any type of sport uh, is to repeat as champions. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think that the minimum expectation being a championship is unreasonable. Uh, I think that's completely off the table. You can't expect that. Um, And but at the same time, uh, based off of your previous viral rant where just get your ass in the playoffs, I think that just making the playoffs is also I think that's underselling it the other way that's a completely unreasonable expectation with eight out of 11 teams making the playoffs I'd be shocked if the New England Free Jacks aren't in the playoffs I don't care if we're number eight or number one Mm -hmm. I I, you know I that's automatic to me that we're Mm -hmm. there so my minimum expectation of the team this year is a playoff win so one playoff win is is if they succeed in that feat, I will be happy. Um, you know, that that yeah, that's where I'm going. One playoff win is the minimum expectation from the defending champs. I think that's a very solid expectation for sure. I mean, as we've talked about, Bozo, you just mentioned it a moment ago. Teams have loaded up with the failures of New York and Toronto. Their their loss is other teams' gain, and I think it's going to be a more competitive league this year with a lot of those players moving around. Dave, I'm very curious to hear what you've got to say. Well, my personal expectation is that they maintain the culture that they have built. Mm-hmm. Um, more than any focus on like a specific record or any uh, – playoff result so we've never seen them really fold up or just give up on a match and that's what i really care about seeing continue the few times they've looked unfocused they usually pull it together and fix it within the same game Mm -hmm. um the players back each other it's a very positive competitive atmosphere right like that's one of the things the coaches talk about is is the the, the culture and the click and, and really needing to find the right players. And so I, I don't think there's, this is a, a major risk, but I think it's one of the most valuable things that they've built along with the on the field success, the records and everything is, is the culture that they've built among players and just for the club generally, because it suffuses the club. Um, so I, that's my minimum expectation is to maintain that culture, whatever mm-hmm. happens on the field, you know, you, you only have so much control over. You got to play the game and see how it goes. Um, but what you do have control over is how hard you play, how you how you compete, and how you um, 
behave toward you know particularly your teammates um you know as you as you pursue that victory right mm-hmm. so that's where my minimum expectation is um if that's met i think we see it reflected in the results which i think will be high yeah right but my expectations are focused around that more than the performance um that said make the semifinal. okay i think that's good yep for a bullet point you got to get a bullet point and you know like the semi-final that's my performance related because i think with that culture maintained that's where they should yep be able to expect to be yep 100 percent. i agree completely with what Davis said here. And if you guys remember last year when we were talking about this, a lot of the metrics you guys were talking about for minimum expectation had nothing to do with on the pitch. And I was taken back by that. It really blew my hair back with what you guys were talking about in terms of minimum expectations. And I got a little teary-eyed last year. Now, this year, here's an interesting we're, – we're in a very interesting position where – you know, we've talked about this, Dave, I, all of us, you know, the Outriders, Bozo, in the in our chat that we have, an exclusive chat for the Outriders, talking about how we as a brand, TJRS, have to punch down at other teams when we do make fun of them because this organization is so good and the, and the performances have been so good that we have to punch down. There's nobody to punch up to at this point. But, you know, with that comes delusion and confidence um fans that are cocky like you know bozo's a giants fan and he'll tell you left and right how the new england patriots kind of you know they went from a team that were you know terrible for so long and had that great run and the fans got really you know jaded and you know overconfident and stuff like that i don't expect that to happen for our free jacks but i will say this you know, you have delusional fans in every single fan base. I'm sure there's Dallas Jackal fans out there that expect them to win the championship next year. That seems very, very far-fetched, but there's people out there that expect that. I don't expect that to be this the take of or the attitude of this particular outriders or this particular fan base at all. It's difficult to repeat as champions, extremely difficult. And as we've been talking about it in all of these way too early segments, we know that the league has improved, you know, not just based on the failures of other franchises, but which is bringing in guys. Houston got a kid, I think Sam uh, Hill, who's played for the national team of England and has just been a stalwart for the Chiefs, who were a great franchise over there in England. He's got over 100 caps. He's coming to Houston. An incredible pickup. Just guys like that. I mean, there's guys all over the league that are coming over to the MLR. So it just makes it more and more difficult. The Free Jacks having to travel so far this year. But here's the deal. You're talking to Mr. Get Your Ass to the Playoffs. And by the way, I lied. I did write some stuff down. I just had, I forgot to scroll down. It's so late at night. I've got a whole paragraph here. Um, you know, My God, that's Phil's music. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming out with a steel chair. My God. Yep, here we go. Um, but here in the league, you know, they pulled some Mickey Mouse shit, let's be real, with letting eight teams out of 11 get into the playoffs at the end of the season. That's just not, you know – we have to make the playoffs, right? That's the minimum expectation generally for any fan base, you know, that we're talking about. So, but for eight, eight out of 10, that's just not good enough to say, we'll just get your ass into the playoffs. It's just not, it's just not good enough. Um, so there's this whole, you know, win the whole damn thing last season factor that comes into play that happened. But 
Uh, ultimately, you know, I expect this team to have a very good showing in the regular season, even though other teams have gotten better. I think, if, you know, if you say semifinals or bust, that's very, very fair for this organization and this team that's been assembled. I don't expect this this team to win the championship every single year, but I do accept them, expect them to be in the top four in the league year in and year out. I think that's definitely something that they can do. So semifinals, just like Dave, is my minimum expectation for our mighty New England Free Jacks. You know, I always bring up the, the South Carolina Gamecocks when I'm talking about minimum expectations. And we have a very, very good women's basketball team that are consistently number one in the country. You know, they, they've done that this year. They haven't lost a single game. And there are people we didn't. We won two championships since Dawn Saley's been the coach, and she's been there for what seems like fifteen to twenty years at this point. So two championships out of that, not great performances, but for her to win those two is very, very special for us because we don't win a lot in other sports. But what I will say is, is there's some fans that are like, well, if you don't win the championship every single year, that's a bad year. And I look at those people and say, what are you talking about? If you can get to the final four every single year, the top four teams in the country, that should be success. You know, as a minimum expectation, if you if you start there, you're not going to be too disappointed with how good this team will be. So there it is. Semifinals for me. Uh, just I have like a question. Yeah. Is is one playoff win semifinals? I didn't even look at the playoff like type mm, brackets. No, I don't think so. With eight, that's quarterfinals, I believe, right? If there's eight teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, but if you win your quarterfinal. Well, the next round, yeah, you win the one semis, playoff. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. If you win one playoff match, then there's only four teams. Oh, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, so we're all on the same page. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I'm just dumb and said it the the big, the, 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 no. low, the low IQ way. <laughs> no, no, no. It's no. late, man. Oh, so, man. All right, I was just making sure. I'm like, I think I, I was like, I think that means I've said semifinals too. Now, well, if we could have 16 teams somehow make the playoffs, Jeez, imagine man. if you will, the top, you know, top five <laughs> club teams in the country get pulled in. Oh my god! Imagine yeah. if they had relegation matches. One day we like... might, we might go, we might be at that point one day. Ring fencing around the MLR. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for the Mexican <laughs> franchise, man. That's going to be awesome. I think That's it's really cool. cool. It's it exciting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty stoked. It's one of the owners of Dallas. Like one of the people who's in the ownership group of the Dallas, I believe, is like mm-hmm. in the ownership group for the Mexican franchise. Like trying yeah, to get it spread. It's pretty cool. That is pretty exciting, man, for sure. So we'll have to see how that shakes out in 2025, I'm guessing. But yeah, that is our minimum expectations, and that brings us to the end. Uh, we're rolling the uh, the end credits here, guys, in terms of our way-too-early predictions. We've once we've once more survived the way-too-early preseason segments. Any final thoughts across the three segments tonight? Um. Just really grateful that we have so much of the core of the team intact and mm-hmm. the coaching. I mean, at top to bottom, not even just players, the organization. Yep. Um, the stability is really uh, at a time where there's a lot of instability in the league. Mm-hmm. It's something that we shouldn't take for granted. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that that's the situation we're in. Same. Yeah, as much grave dancing as I as I did, it is it is nice to actually have a team uh, to be able to to root for, and in an organization that does seem uh, pretty much, I mean, as stable as they come. You know what I mean? If you're if you're think if you're talking MLR stable organizations, you're thinking Seattle, Houston, San Diego, New England. 
right? And everyone else is kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's well, kind of questionable. Or well, if you believe the uh, owners of DC, they're the most commercially successful franchise in MLR. Yeah, I don't even know I, what that yeah, even yeah. means. But you know right. what? Hey, value has different. I could, uh, I could make yeah. a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show you, though, how how fragile something can be. You know what I mean? When I, when a guy tragically passes away and the whole organization folds because everyone's like, well, it's, it ain't worth the money anymore. Right. You know, but there's so much other things. Value is a very subjective thing. Yeah. Like, obviously, money, money talks. Everybody likes money. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't met very, very few people that don't like money. Uh, so that, you know, that's a huge value, but having a rugby, you know, losing a rugby franchise in Canada is devastating for North American rugby uh, in general. And, and not only just that, but de devastating for MLR and Canada. And that really sucks. Uh, but luckily they're expanding the number of teams in the world cup. So it won't matter. We'll make it anyway. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. With that being said, I've got one word to ex exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah.